This the link up. This the link up. This the link up. Welcome to the link up. This the link up. This the link up. This the link up. Welcome to the link up. Yes, yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Link Up Podcast with your host, Mr. King Kana and Woods here in the building. My fellow Homo sapiens, we are back. Oh God, we are back. All yeah. right. <laughs> and today we got a special guest in the building, none other than Todd Seal Barefoot. Yeah, yeah. See, this one, this one, we could give the whole name. You know, I mean, he, this he is a the whole name professional. Yeah, because not normally we'd be like, we don't know, we don't know if we want to give everybody, you know, government name out there. We don't know how comfortable everybody to be with that, you know. But, but yeah, for those who don't know, I guess I can take it over a little bit, there, King. For those who don't know, this is my actual blood brother. You know, so mm, I don't actual. want, I don't, yeah, because mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'd still consider Woods my brother, even though he just scared me sometimes. But um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Let me just get into it then. So, Tats, give us your the background where you study. Uh, All right. So, morning, afternoon. No, no, morning. <laughs> yeah. morning clock, right? <laughs> I just reached in a, a few hours ago from Aruba. Hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, Tadzio, Sean, brother, brothers from another mothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am the director of the Nature Foundation, which is the. Uh, environmental organization on St. Martin. Uh, I've been working there, boy, almost nine years. In May, it will be nine years. Boom, boom. So quite some, yeah, time flies when you're not having fun. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's not true. I mean, I like my job. I think it's, you know, it's important work that we do. Of course. But yeah, born and bred on St. Martin. I did my undergrad in the States, University of South Florida in Tampa. And, SFU, uh, if I'm mistaken. Nah, USF? USF, 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 my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. you stay yeah. forever, that's what they used to do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had taken me so while to graduate. Like five Yo, years out of four year program. But uh, I can't say that's it because... Stop, nobody, right, stop no, right there. Nobody here could judge you, but... <laughs> stop right there. Uh, for real. Uh, <laughs> I did my master's here in Amsterdam at the Vrij Universiteit. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I traveled for a while. I worked in Africa. I uh, was in Stasia for a while. And then, uh, yeah, since 2010, I, uh, I've been working at the Nature Foundation. But you you had, um, is a Nature Foundation too type something you was running in Stacia, right? Yeah, so uh, in all islands of the Dutch Caribbean, so Seba, Stacia, St. Martin, Curacao, Aruba, and Bonaire, they have similar organizations to the Nature Foundation. So every island have its own conservation organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before I went to, to St. Martin, uh, it was called, I was working in Stacia and I was called Stanapa, so St. Eustatius National Parks. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to manage the marine park there. Uh, when my contract was finished there, it was either like, you know, you can try and continue on Stacia or you can go home and see what you can do with the Nature Foundation. I mean, at that time, the Nature Foundation was inactive. Uh, you know, we weren't getting no subsidy, no money was coming in. The staff was inactive. We had a huge amount of debt. So they had asked me, you know, if, if I would be up to taking up the challenge to trying to get the foundation back up and running. Uh, so, yeah, that's been that's been the story ever since, really. And since, I mean, obviously that was, you, you seem like you had a large task in yeah. front of you with <laughs> getting everything back together, the death and all of that you just mentioned. I, had, I was not aware that yeah. that was the state yeah, I was in sure. before you came into it. But at this point now, how, how you would say that? You tackled that, or would you say that you're close to, you know, everything yeah, man, I mean, good we, now? We're doing better. I mean, the thing is, you know, when I did my master's degree, I was like, I'm never going to get rich with this type of job. But it's something that you have to to like, that you have to want to, you know, you feel passionate about the nature, you love St. Martin, you think St. Martin is a beautiful island, and we want to keep it that way. So, I mean, one of the things that we did that was very important very early on is make sure that we communicate everything out. Uh, so, I mean, you know, some people might be afraid to bring, bring things out in the open if there's a sewage spill or an oil spill or if the water in Kimsha dirty or, you know, if it's got shit water running in the road. But our, our policy always was and still is that no matter what happens, I mean, of course, you communicate it out to the people that you want to inform government, oh. uh, etc. But, you know, we find that, you know, St. Martin belongs to the people of St. Martin, so they should know what's going on in their country for sure. So, I mean, that was one of the tactics that we use. And, you know, we start to get a bit of a name in, in, in on the island, also with the work that we do. Um, you know, both whether it is, you know, managing sharks or talking about nature protection or whatever, we make sure that we communicate it out. And then after a while, you know, when you become in a community, you show you work hard, uh, you try to, to 
you know, do projects that really make an impact, uh, do protection, come up, if there's a problem, come up, talk about it. Uh, and not only complain, but also try to work together with whether it's government or private entity or private individuals, you know, try to come up with a solution. So I would say for the past, I mean, the beginning was tough. The first year was tough. I mean, I had to go months without a salary and, you know, thank God, Boy. mommy was there that we could have crashed out by her. I mean, Boy, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, but now I think, I mean, we get in there. I mean, doing some good projects. I think we're doing some good work. Um, people know more. I, I feel, I mean, I don't want to blow hot air up my ass or anything, but I think... That's okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> a, lot of, I know, a lot of people, like, if, if it wasn't for my brother, I wouldn't be, like, even Hacking, I'd say, I wouldn't be knowing half the crap, I'd be, like, how bad the, the nature yeah. situation is on the island. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's an important part of our job. So we want, really wanted to be, you know, a part of the community talking about St. Martin. I mean, a lot of things that St. Martin are focused on you know, politics and this is happening and that is happening. We we work with that too. I mean, when there's, you know, like the dump, for example, is a big one. Oh, that we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. Sewage, you know, <laughs> those type of things are big ones. But I mean, St. Martin is still beautiful. I mean, we got nice coral reefs. We have beautiful nature still, despite all the things that are happening. So, I mean, it's not only all about the negative, but also to highlight how positive, you know, I mean, St. Martin is a beautiful place. And not only St. Martin, I mean, you know, with this kind of work, you you have comrades in, in all of the islands, like I mentioned. So, I mean, like for the past two weeks, I was in Aruba helping those guys out with their shark conservation program there. So, you know, spread the love. What does that entail, basically? So what, what is what is happening with the sharks on the island? Oh, yeah, what's from Aruba, yeah. if, if we didn't yeah. say that already. So, I mean, I must say Aruba was a challenging place to work, boy. Challenging place to work. Politics, um, regulations, uh, but mostly politics. Uh, so we run a, a multi-island shark conservation project. I and mean, some people are like, you know, why the hell does this guy want to protect sharks? Sharks eat people. <laughs> but that's far from the truth. I mean, yeah, all I mean, of that started like with Jaws and then movies and stuff like that. Although Hollywood I, basically Hollywood, just hyped yeah. out. Although I had really liked the Meg, though. That movie was sick. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie. It, it was better than yeah. I expected. But I had liked that movie. It was better yeah. than yeah. I expected. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean... You know, when people say sharks eat people, I mean, every every year, 500 million sharks are eaten, are uh, caught for the shark finning industry, uh, especially for the Asian market. But is that is that the only part that is eat? The, just the yeah, fin? Yeah, I mean, some people will eat the whole sharks, but mostly it's just for the fin. For the, from the 500 million animals that are caught each year, they will just catch them alive, saw the fin off, throw the animal back in the water to die. I mean, sharks need to continue swimming to be able to breed and if you cut their fin off they won't be able to swim so basically they just drown on the water so I mean yeah it's a tough one and if you compare that to like you know just fired last year in 28 what were we in now 2019 yeah we 2018 they only had four shark attacks that were fatal so I mean if you compare that globally, to uh, uh, yeah globally huh. well, sharks are yeah. scared of humans basically they don't yeah I mean I mean you know, when we started the shark conservation program, we weren't even sure that we would find any sharks. It's only when we started to like catch them and tag them that we figured out that there were sharks on the island. So, I mean, globally, you know, compared to 500 million sharks a year, and you compare that to four people a uh, year. I mean, I was reading somewhere, Sean, just come back from New York. I was reading that more people die from being bit by New York people than, than, than from my <laughs> shark. So, no, I'm really? serious. It's like every, that's a, that's I was reading through the statistics and they had like 60 people died from being bitten by Yo, New Yorkers. If, if that's in New York, like, what is California then? Yeah, people don't brush their teeth. They're like, what? what, what? <laughs> they bite you in the neck. They like rip out your... <laughs> serious. So I mean, it's all, and then on top of that, you know, on top of the animals being critically endangered, they're also important for the ecosystem. I mean, if you have sharks, you have a healthy fish population. If you have a healthy fish population, I mean, everybody like to go on a Saturday morning to the fish market, have their whole fish. Mm -hmm. And if you remove an important part of the ecosystem, like a predator, like a shark, then the whole, the whole system tends to collapse. So, I mean, that's one of the, uh, the focuses that we have. But I mean, we do all types of different shit. So, I mean, sharks is just a small component. And kind of, to piggyback off of that, like, but you know, to continue off what you said about the ecosystem, like, I saw, I follow you on IG, of course, and I see that you're always doing something on IG. That's one thing. There's always some interesting, going, interesting thing going on on the IG, and I saw some stuff regarding the corals, and yeah. I forget the exact, the exact term, but the sickness or something like that. Yeah. That was in some of the corals on the island. Yeah, we that's a bad thing. A bit. I mean, coral are very important. They're important to, to, I mean, not only the ecosystem to support life for the fish and all of that, but coral are also important for the economy of the island. 
you know, people come to St. Martin to go diving, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they go diving, they also need to stay in a hotel, they eat in the restaurants, they drink in the bars. So we actually had to research on how much coral provided the coral reef provided to the economy of the island is about a hundred million a year. What? In really? goods and services, yeah. So uh, economy. The reason why we have white sandy beaches is because the coral, coral. believe it or not, yeah. is mostly parrot fish shit. Mm -hmm. So parrot fish would would you know chomp on the coral and then it would shit back out sand. So think, okay, think about that next time you're laying on the beach. <laughs> um, I this parrot fish shit is so soft between my toes. But as well. the problem that we're facing now is that I mean our coral reef was already in quite a bit of trouble because of coastal development, a lot of hotels, uh, sedimentation, you know, every time they pump out the salt pond is a problem. Hmm. Uh, we have a bad sewage network in a lot of places on St. Martin still. So if somebody don't pump out the septic tank, of course, all of that goes into the ocean. Mm -hmm. So we had trouble with that already. And then, well, let me be nice on it. And then Irma happened. And uh, we lost about 80% of all our coral after Irma. So because of the wind, yeah, so because of the wind, the waves and the current, about 80% of them broke off. So we're like, all right, so 80% we lost. So let's start back a coral restoration program. My missus is an is a expert in that. So she helped out a lot with, um, with putting that together. Uh, and then we had that going quite good. And then we were doing a survey a few months ago. And then we found that there's a new disease hitting our, hitting our reef. So... It's not always easy to keep positive, but you know we're going to see how it look, and then we're going to continue with our with with growing the coral in the uh, in the nursery for us to plant back out on the reef. So, and but is it a disease? But no, go to go to. Is it disease because disease caused because of the rising temperatures in the ocean, or is well, it something? No, yeah, we thought first when we saw it, there's something called coral bleaching. So when the temperature rises too high, um, you have the coral can't take it; they get stressed, so they first turn completely white, and if it lasts too long all of a sudden the coral would die off. So when we saw the, the coral starting to look a little white, we were like, oh shit, you know, we got bleaching going on. Mm -hmm. But when we, um, when we really studied it, and then we had a guy come over from the States, the coral Santa Claus, because he looked just like Santa Claus, Dr. <laughs> David Vaughn. He, uh, he came diving with us and he was like, man, y'all got this disease that, that first showed up in, uh, in the Florida Keys. And we actually think that it, was, it came to St. Martin through the cruise tourism industry. So after the hurricane, mm -hmm. You know, our reefs are already in trouble. They already didn't have the, the resistance to disease because of the, the storm coming through. Um, we had the cruise ship tourism start back, which is awesome because we need it for our economy. But some cruise ship tourists probably went diving in the Keys first and then they came to St. Martin and they brought the disease with them. Well, so how, 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 is that, how, how is that interaction? Like, how, they bring it on the clothes, on the, yeah, the equipment? Uh, on the equipment, probably. Mm. So they probably ain't rinse out the equipment properly. Mm. And we think that is a type of virus. So it just gets tra transported onto is our there, roof. Is there a cure? Well, we're looking at different things. I mean, the places in the Keys have been doing like, they've been crushing up antibiotics in, in cement and putting it on the coral around the places that get infected and it seems to be killing it. But yeah, I mean, how much antibiotic we need to crush up and to put on the reef? I mean, I'd have to go to Mexico with a suitcase and buy some illegal stuff and then bring it back to St. Martin. But, you know, I think the best thing for us to do now is to see, you know, we wait a couple of months, we see how it goes. I mean, luckily we're in the cooler months. Usually in the cooler months, the coral have more of a chance to catch themselves. So we're going to see how it goes. And then by the summer, hopefully it's a little bit better. And by that time we can plant, we, we can plant the coral that we have growing in the nursery too, to kind of give it a head start. So, so my, my thing is you, I would assume y'all gave this report to government. Yeah, we gave it to government. Everything that we do, we give we give a written report to government. Okay, so now what? Why I don't understand is you just give out of a, a value there that the coral itself that was some worth something like what a hundred million mm -hmm. when it comes to the economy. Mm -hmm. Why more emphasis in put on cons conserving the natural life in Saint Martin? I mean, I think is is a few different things. I mean. Of course, the priority on St. Martin is always tourism. I must say it's starting to, to, to you know, build up. The, the problem is, I mean, let me just call it like it is. A government will come in, there'll be a new minister. I would start the conversation with the minister and the cabinet, have the discussions, come up with a plan. Of course, government takes slow as hell. So you have to have patience. Um, things would be moving, we would be getting somewhere, and then bam, government oh fault. Yeah. And then you have to start the whole process over again with a new minister. So, I mean, I hope, uh, for better or for worse, um, we can actually have some stability in our government these days so we can continue one of the discussions that we have with government now. Because I find, I find it's ridiculous because one, everybody focuses on tourism, tourism, tourism. Okay, cool. But then 
that is part the whole nature part of the island yeah, is sure. tourism for like, sure people ain't coming back to see concrete and and no, whole bunch sure. of buildings people come to like see that. our beaches i mean just to just to give a story after the hurricane when uh after the hurricane we got some money from the world wildlife fund uh through dcna which is another organization that um they gave us money to clean up the place so you know i got a phone call say what's your immediate need i said well the boat survived the office survived all of the equipment survived but we need to clean up the place because the place got completely trashed. So they said, okay, we're going to make it easy. We're going to transfer the money to you. And then you put a plan together. So what we actually did, because the foundation is located in Colby, a lot of fellas from in the area, you know, that were working jobs, lost their jobs. A lot of dive instructors too lost their jobs. So we actually were able to get some money. So from October to December, we were actually employing about 15 people to help out with the cleanup. We were out there too, cleaning up the beaches, et cetera, et cetera. So all of a sudden I get a phone call and say, hello, this is so-and-so from the Florida Caribbean Cruise Association. And I was like, how, number one, how the hell did she get my number? And number two, why is she calling me? So yeah, we've been trying to reach uh, the authorities to find out if the beaches are cleaned up. Uh, we haven't been hearing anything from them. We're ready to go to St. Martin, but yeah, I mean, our tourists want to be able to enjoy the beach without getting their foot cut up by zinc. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to know what's going on. Nobody's picking up our government, so we're calling you to find out now what's going on. Boy. So, you know, they were based, you know, not many people know, but they actually were basing whether or not they would come back on to St. Martin at the time that they come back uh, on our reports about how healthy the beaches were. So that just goes to show that I mean the environment and and conservation is is right. critical to the yeah uh, it plays a major role uh, yeah it plays a major role in the in the economy of the island and like I said you know people starting to realize especially decision makers are starting to realize um, but yeah you know hopefully we can have that government stability and and people will continue to realize how important government really is I was listening to the to I was seeing some of the things about the uh, the budget for 2019 that we weren't included. Mm. Uh, while I was in Aruba, I almost got a heart attack, but I called them and they said that we are included. So we will okay. be getting a, a small subsidy from government, okay. which at least would allow us to pay our GB bills and, and, and you know, those type of things. Yeah. As a as a general question, like what would you say has been most affected um, post-Irma and stuff like that? At this point, we have, I guess, a year yeah, a year past. Irma. The Lagoon got a big, big hit with all the boats that sank. They still got a good bit of boats. Leaking oil and yeah, stuff leaking like oil. They still got a good bit of boats. I think right now they have about 70 or 80 boats still underwater. Uh, and how much are you take? I know, are you take out a good bit? Uh, boy, there were about 300 boats in, in the Simpson Bay Lagoon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we took out... Well, in the beginning, it was just us together with some some colleagues of ours that we, we were salvaging boats. And then the whole mess came up that you need a permit, etc., etc., to raise your boat. We slowed everything down. And then finally things started to pick up. So I think, you know, we only have about 80 left. And those 80 that I only say in 80, I, I say only, but it's still quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but those 80 is probably people who saw that their boat was destroyed. They didn't have no insurance. So they just pack up their Georgie bundle and they, and they rolled. So, mm. but I know the World Bank uh, with the project that they have ongoing. I mean, I have my questions and doubts about the World Bank, but I hear that within the next few weeks, they should start with, the, with cleaning up the most of the lagoon. But yeah, I mean, you had boats in the water. I mean, four mega yachts, like mega, mega yachts sank in a lagoon and they just, I mean, in the first few weeks after the hurricane, I was diving in battery acid and sewage water and all of that crap. So, I mean, the lagoon got, got a big hit. We also lost a lot of our mangroves, which are also very important. So, uh, yeah, we still, I mean, it's going to be at least 10 years before we, uh, before we can talk oh, about sorry. any type of recovery. Yeah. I mean, 185 miles per hour wind. But I mean, and, and with the mangrove situation, is it possible to like start getting, are you start replanting them already? Or? Yeah, yeah. So we had get a whole bunch. We had get about, if I'm not mistaken, about two or three hundred. Um, you know, we had, we actually had to get them from in the States because nowhere around had mangroves to mm, be able to it, give to us. Every, everywhere, yeah, everywhere was gone. So we, uh, we ordered about 300 from the States and they sent them to us. I did not know that you could FedEx mangroves, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's a table. We get the it the next you know. day too. I was like, wow, shit, man. These things still Priority cold. <laughs> so we got them and, um, you know, we, we, since for about a year now, we've been growing them behind, behind our workshop. Mm. So probably when I reach back uh, in the next two weeks, I'll, um, you know, me and my colleagues will do a little outplanting of the mangroves. We probably like we always do invite a school group to come along so that we can also give some education to uh, to let the, the 
the kids know what's going on. Mangroves is on, like similar to corals. Mangroves is another kind of integral part in certain yeah, other so, animals and stuff yeah. Like so that. so mangroves are a nursery. <laughs> so most of the young fish before they go out to the reef, they they you know they get born in the mangrove area and then they grow up uh, in between the mangrove roots and then they move into the the open ocean, the coral reef ecosystem. Oops. Um, mangroves are unique because they're the only plants that can grow in salt water. Hmm. Um, they also are good because, you know, in places where they have a lot of mangroves, when they have the storm surge from the hurricane, it stops the storm surge from washing over. So, for example, where I live in Colby, there's a small little mangrove patch, and that actually stopped, you know, the bottom floor from from my apartment getting getting flooded out. So they're also very important in, in that respect. And, you know, birds live there, and it's just a nice area to be in. So, right. Okay, so are you got any other questions? Because I, I got some things I want going on. John ready to go! <laughs> just the <laughs> fire! Okay, now, nah, because... You got? What you got? There's, no, no, not necessarily a nice question, but I just wanted him to explain something. So I've been, obviously, because you're my brother, I've been to my heart on the fact that my brother been on um, Shark Week. So, you give them a little thing about well, what our episode was about, how they how you get contacted and all that. Okay, it was an uh, episode from last year, right? Yeah, 2017. Oh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. So... We, in 2016, I got invited by the government of the Bahamas and Richard Branson, the, uh, mm. the guy from Virgin, yeah. to go to the Bahamas to discuss shark conservation because, you know, we were realizing in the Caribbean region that sharks were in trouble. I mean, some species uh, dropped by about 90 to 95% of, of what they usually, you know, what they normally were. Um, so we went to the Bahamas, uh, got introduced to a whole bunch of people. Uh, made friends with um, Jillian and Duncan Brake, who who live in the Bahamas, uh, and we had a small budget available to actually set out satellite tags. So we started the discussion. Um, yeah, I mean, we have some satellite tags available so that we can actually go online and follow live the track of of the sharks once we tag once we tag a shark. So they said, no problem. Let's uh, continue the discussion, and then in the meantime, just continue with the program. So we will continue with our conservation program going out there, tagging sharks. Uh, we had St. Martin Shark Week, which we went into the schools, uh, gave explanation why sharks are important. Then we went to, uh, we had like public events at Buccaneer and things like that, mm -hmm. movie nights. Uh, and then after a while, um, I got a phone call back saying that uh, Discovery Channel was actually interested in featuring uh, the work that we do on uh, for Shark Week. So Sean can tell you, since I was a little child, and then yep. uh, when Sean got older too, both of us were in front of the TV every time it was Shark Week in July. Yep. That, that, that was a tradition, man. Yeah, that was that, a tradition. Once that come on, that's it. Yeah, nothing that's else, it. Nothing, nothing else. else on that TV, nothing man. Else. <laughs> when Sean was small, like, Sean, Barney got to be on hold. You know, it ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't happening. And let, leave it be said too, my brother did take me on my first shark dive. Yeah, that was, that was legit. Yeah. When I was 16. Nah, man, you was you was younger than that, dude. You had to be like thirteen or fourteen or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. was that? Sorry, that was where was that? Oh. That was in the Marine Park. Was not the Marine Park. Hmm. Mm. It, it was, was Caribbean reef sharks. Yeah, right? Caribbean reef sharks. Yeah, mostly Caribbean reef sharks. But it it was a hell of an experience. Yeah, it's a hell of an experience. That, that that's what feed my interest in the whole great white, you yeah. know, the cage thing. My, you want to see it's where I get happen. my idea from? Okay. Oh, no, it makes sense. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's a very dangerous what, idea. You but. hear what's going on with the great whites in South Africa? No. Nah. No more great whites in South Africa. What? Wow. Yeah. And it's killing the, the, the shark diving industry in South Africa because everybody wants to go to South Africa to dive with yeah. the great whites. Is there in the Gua Gua um, Guadalupe, Guadalupe Island? Yeah. But is it also because of they're poaching the no, sharks? No, it's because uh, a part of killer whales showed up in, South, in the area oh. where they do the shark diving <laughs> and killer whales like... Killer whales messed up, man. They would hunt yeah. the shark, cut it open, eat the liver, and just leave the rest yeah. of them. Wow. Killer whales, killer whales yeah. are next level. Yeah, they're next that. level, yeah. Wow. So because of that, all the great whites disappeared, and now they they have killer whales to dive with, but no more great white sharks. I wow. would not dive next to a killer whale. Yeah, I would think twice about that. Yeah. Too. But yeah, no, nah, I... I nah. But so, so, so where, like so where we would have to go for that now? Guadalupe then? is a spot to be. Guadalupe is a spot to be. But yeah, Guadalupe is like, you got to go to Mexico and then take a boat for three days, and then... You what? Know, yeah, it's like a $6,000 trip. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna postpone that trip a little bit. <laughs> but I just do like I do with the Maldives tomorrow. Just get somebody to pay you to go. That's an hey, yeah. you know, that's we started project management. I might be doing something from yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Quite easy, you know. Yeah. So anyway, back to the to, to the Shark Week thing. So then you know we were like, okay, so Discovery want to come on board. So you know we got to make it big. So what we actually did, we chartered a boat, uh, a liveaboard dive boat, so hundred foot boat. 
uh, with the project money that we had, which the National Postcode Lottery here in, uh, in Holland actually paid for. Um, we chartered a boat. We got a whole bunch of scientists on board. And then about a, a ton, literally, of camera equipment and the camera crew. I mean, I would deal with scientists any day, but when it comes to camera crew, they were like, okay, tag it again. I was like, tag it again. You can only, <laughs> you can only tag a shark once. Whatever. So, okay, guys, we get into the water, and I was like, nah. This is a 14-foot tiger shark we're dealing with here. That, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds like us. And that, but that was what? Off, off first, the Coast of St. Martin? No, no, no. So, we actually started on the Coast of St. Martin. So, we tagged one tiger shark, uh, Sea Fairy, in, uh, in St. Martin. Okay, wait, wait. When we say you tag a tiger shark in St. Martin, how far? Like, what, what beach? I, I shall not disclose that information. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. I think that's enough already. Yeah, but <laughs> it's funny. Because when I talk about Aruba, when, when I tell, like, yeah, like, we have sharks in Aruba, and they're like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, look, we're on, like, the the low side of the ocean right now. If you go far out enough. Yeah. I must have we was in Aruba and we didn't we didn't see any. I wow. think, the, yeah, the wind, but the the wind was crazy. Crazy. We was out there and they had, like, five days of blowing wind and uh, it was crazy. But anyway. But so, yeah, so we went to the Sabre Bank with, with the, on the ship. So we actually stayed on the Sabre Bank for a whole week mm-hmm. on the ship. Wake up, four o'clock in the morning set out the tagging equipment and then by 12 o'clock we started to tag the sharks so yeah it was cool so that was lasted a week and then when the actual shark uh, shark week show came out we was featured for about 10 minutes out of yeah. our show <laughs> but that's how it goes I guess yeah, yeah. and they called me Dr. Ben Woods, which is like okay well I got my PhD <laughs> <laughs> if they say it it must be true <laughs> who's using the fucking correct yeah, the discovery channel okay, discovery <laughs> channel well, well, you got the info <laughs> so yeah that was pretty I mean that was epic yeah but I mean I wouldn't and since then we've been on, on Dutch TV with a shark I mean the shark is shark so everybody's really interested in it mm-hmm so we've been on Dutch TV a few times. Vroeger Focus is a show that plays here too. Um, NOS, you know, a few a few programs. Uh, Jeff Corwin experience we've been on as well. Okay, I didn't even know. Yeah, but it's it's a lot of work because, I mean, you're doing your, your research and it's the actual research that we're doing. So we're not like staging anything for the camera. Um, but yeah, you have a film crew and you have to, you know, be aware that, you know, there's a film crew and they need certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Like one time they asked me, to uh, to do something and then you know to to give a talk in front of the camera and then something went wrong and I jumped in the water, but I forgot that I was mic'd up with all oh. of the audio equipment. Yeah, so I jumped in the water with all the audio equipment. So yeah, they were not very. I happy. was just gonna say they probably wasn't too happy <laughs> with you. Very said. happy, but yeah, I don't. I mean, whatever. The most important thing is that we're all safe and the animal gets the research that it needs. Mm-hmm. So, but then okay. So when you said um, there's a there's a decline in sharks. Are we talking about specific sharks or like. All sharks, really. I mean, sharks, the thing is with sharks is that they they mature very late in life. So before a shark reaches sexual maturity and it can get offspring, it's like 20, 25 years old. Wow. Yeah, man. and then it would, it would only get like one, two, maybe three pups at, at a time. And then only every other year. So, I mean, if you, if you, and not all species, you know, people think that, yeah, these guys at the Nature Foundation are against fishing sh- sharks completely. Yeah, we're against fishing sharks, but then only species. They have other species which, you know, are fine to eat because they, they don't have that type of life cycle. Mm-hmm. But especially the bigger sharks, Caribbean reef sharks, tiger sharks, hammers, uh, and even the nurse sharks, they, they mature so late. They have such very, you know, their reproduction cycle is so slow that, uh, you know, is, is once you take out one or two out of the, the population, it can cause a, a, a crash in, in the shark population. So, I mean, mostly all the... Sh- I mean, St. Martin is a shark sanctuary. Legally speaking, that's something that we got through in t- 2012. Okay. So, what what I, what I mean... Uh, you're not allowed to to catch land, uh, catch or land a shark. So, it's not it's not allowed. And if you do catch a shark and a shark dies, you have to report it to the Nature Foundation. There have been a few times where we caught fellas, you know, because from time to time we patrol with the Coast Guard. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Coast Guard because they've always been very cool with us and help us out anytime that, 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 uh, that we need help. We would go on patrol with them and we would catch guys fishing in the marine park for sharks. So they confiscate their boat, give them a fine, etc., etc. Okay, I was just going to ask if there's like jail time for that or... I mean, it's not jail time, but I mean, it's not, you know, we write the report and then it's up to the prosecutor, of course, to decide what the what the punishment would be. But sometimes okay. the prosecutor is like, they did not know. I was like, okay, well, next time I get caught for, you know, something I'll, I'll, Yeah, I'll I guess I was like, oh shit, I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if only that was the case. <laughs> yeah, <I know> <laughs> But I mean, 
St. Martin, you know, I must say like working in Aruba, even working in Bonaire, I go to Jamaica quite, quite often as well. Uh, I must say St. Martin people, I guess it's also a function of its size. It's still a small island. They are, they're quite open to, to, you know, nature protection. And, and mm. I must say that we get, we get good support. Of course, something happens like when we complain that they're going to be a balloon parade for carnival and we come up against it. People say, oh, why y'all go against carnival? Well, right. I was like, but... The balloons. Yeah. 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 Balloons. Yeah. That's what we got against, against, against carnival. Is a, but balloons. But if you break boju, I might consider that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people got to understand is, is it, it can't be throughout the whole thing. It cannot just yeah, one exactly. activity or one exactly. group could get away with it. And there's, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, we, we in, in 2019 now, it's not as if the information is out there about you know, how bad plastic can be and the, the and, impacts it has and that, on the environment. that was the next thing I wanted to come up. So, well, obviously, I know personally you've been on this whole against the use of um, single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. How that, how that, I guess you can say, battle going on in St. Martin? I mean, it's going all right in the sense that uh, we have a program. One of our projects is a reduce-reuse project. And that one is specifically done with my colleague. My colleague Melanie is, is the one spearheading that. Uh, that has been going good. Um, uh, at the same time that we've been talking to government and especially parliament, and I seen parliament has been coming out with statements that they've it's under review, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but in our opinion, it's taken a little bit too slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, we've been focusing a lot on the bars and restaurants to really move towards sustainable products. Also, putting it out in 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 the media and making it available to the population what the alternatives are to straws, to plastic cups. Uh, to styrofoam. I mean, when I, you know, in the beginning, I used to go to um, what a place name there on Kimsha, Captain D, mm-hmm. to get my uh, my my barbecue, and I used to go. I go in my own container, and in the beginning, they were like, "What? <laughs> what the hell?" And then, but now they're like, "Ah, okay." And then they put it in the container for you. Yeah. So, and it's getting there, and, and you know, Buccaneer, um, Dingy Dark, um, Lagoonies. Uh, I, uh, Bushman, you know, there's quite a few places now that are that are using biodegradable products, um, and we also give them information on where to order them. And of course, it's a little more expensive than than just the normal thing. Actually, so, yeah. one of the things that we have been trying to push for from from government side is that they actually give a subsidy to people who move towards using sustainable products and biodegradable products. And how but, you think? How you think that won't go? Well, I ain't holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know. It's, you know, it's taken too 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 long. I mean, a, a country like Jamaica that had that's a big country. Uh, you're talking about two million people. A lot of people are, are, are under the poverty line. You know, mm-hmm. live poor. I mean, Michelle lives there, so I go there quite often. Uh, she's from there. She's now in between St. Martin and, and Jamaica. Shout out, Michelle. Shout out, Michelle. Can't wait to see you tomorrow, babe. <laughs> uh, we um, <coughs> they they banned single use plastic since January first, twenty twenty nineteen. So since mm-hmm. January first of this month. And of course, you can get a little pushback, but you know, you'd be like, you know, this is just... If they get used to it. Yeah, you just got to get used to it. Just one of those things that have to happen and then eventually get used to it. Aruba too. You go to Aruba, they give you a paper bag. And if you ask for a straw, they give you a paper straw. So, I mean, it's not it's not something that's impossible, yeah. especially in a small island. That's the thing. It's just to change the mindset. Yeah, it's changing the mindset. It's changing the mindset. I'll, you know, walk with your own bag. When I go to the corner store in, in, in Colby, I walk with my own bag and they know not to give me a bag when they, you know, because it's ridiculous. I uh, I get two Heineken's and some dog food and they pack it in two bags. And those bags stay in the environment forever. Even when they break down, they end up in the sea. The fish eat the plastics. Mm. We eat the fish and then all of a sudden we, we got, cancer, yeah. yeah, we got cancer, well, one of fertility the problems in men. I mean, I don't want nothing to, to you know, jeopardize. Yeah, you got you know, to be, be an uncle soon, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think the biggest, like the plastic, the plastic that always like irks me is like those plastic, like six, um, well, the, the, the rings, six pack, the six yeah. pack rings. Yeah. Those are those are the worst because yeah. they go to the beach with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they leave it on the beach, and then it gets washed in. And not only doesn't it biodegrade, but those six those six pack plastic rings, you know, they catch wildlife. I've I've removed those off of turtles. Uh, seabirds also get caught up in them. So what I recommend is people when you know if if they get a six pack of of you know whatever, to just uh, take a knife or a scissors and just cut. So that they don't be rings anymore, so nothing gets stuck into it. So they just okay. cut cut the rings open, so nothing gets stuck in it. But yeah, plastic. You know I mean countries all over the world are now, especially in the Caribbean, are now all moving towards 
banning single-use plastics. And after the hurricane, when we were doing cleanups, especially underwater, like two or three kilometers up, we were finding plastic bags that got blown off of the dump into the marine park. So it's really, uh, yeah, it's really something that has to happen. Just, has to happen just for the thing, just for the use of time, because we, we... On a crunch. We, yeah, we're on a crunch. Since you mentioned the dump. Well, yeah. Let's, let's, let's think it with The elephant what, in the room. What, what really... Okay, since you was... When I was using St. Martin, you were using Aruba for a while. You were using Aruba for like two weeks. Yeah, I was in Aruba for two weeks. So let's say, when last year in St. Martin, the dump was still on fire? That's one of the things, you know, pe- people think that a dump is only on fire when they see smoke coming out of the dump. The thing is with the dump, the dump is always on fire. I mean, you go to the dump any given day, it's always smoking. Uh, you mean, it's like hell. It's like always bubbling some type of liquid out of the dump. Smoke is coming out of everywhere. So you have the dump. And inside the dump, because there's no sorting of garbage, mm-hmm. the Temperate. decomposition process causes a chemical reaction which causes a big heat ball so if you look in if you take infrared glasses and you look into into the dump you will just see one big ball of glowing fire inside the dump so whenever there's heavy winds or if it rains when it rains steam gets released so that's mm-hmm. why you see a big steam cloud after it rains or if there's a big you know especially during these months from from like december until march you have the the christmas winds or the winter winds mm-hmm. they they cause a flare-up and then you have a flare-up and then the smoke goes out but one of the sad things about the dump is that no matter any given day, any time on St. Martin, it always, you know, pushes those toxic, toxic, those toxic comical, comicals, comicals, <laughs> <laughs> those toxic comicals, those are the worst words, <laughs> those toxic chemicals out into, into the environment. And, you know, we're trying to figure out the way we haven't figured it out yet how to do it, but I'm sure that if, if a research study is done, uh, communities directly downwind of of the landfill must have problems with increased cancer rates, children born with asthma. But you see that that's uh, a reproductive thing. problem. We're not gonna find yeah. out those. We're not gonna really go find out those repercussions for the next like between what, five and ten years. No, I think they're there already. I mean, the the dump after Hurricane Lewis in '95. You know, you know, my friend at at the Herald Alita. Uh, I love her Facebook post because right after the hurricane, she started to post things on the exact same day as it was in 95 after Lewis, mm-hmm. as it was in, in 2017 after Irma. And some of the things that were happening were the exact same thing from fall of government. Yeah. To pro- yeah. To problems at the dump to this, to that. And I was like, you know, we've been going through this for the past 30 years, basically. So we've have about three decades of, of fires and smoke going into the population. And that's like a generation at least that has been exposed to these chemicals. So by now, people should mm-hmm. start to have increased cancer rates, uh, breathing issues. I mean, and everything goes to the dump. So batteries, uh, yep. chemical waste, all of that. So, I mean, those these things have dioxins, heavy metals. They can cause mercury poisoning, birth defects. So the list is long. So when I tell people, I mean, I can chase after a shark as much as I want or count coral or plant <laughs> mangroves or, or whatever. But unless they find a solution to the dump and find it quickly. I mean, this is not something that we can wait you know, another five years before we find a solution before, uh, because, you know, it's not only an environmental issue, but it's also a public health issue. I mean, it's, mm. it's affecting it's both. It's everything issue, yeah, environmental, everything public issue. health, tourism. Tourism. Yeah. I mean, you can, the first thing, because these tour, these cruise ships are pretty big. Mm-hmm. When there's a flare up on a dump, but even not, the first thing that a cruise ship passenger pulling into St. Martin, standing Jeez. on the deck, seeing, is a huge landfill in the middle <coughs> of, uh, in the middle of Phillipsburg. <coughs> I must say, the, the dump in Aruba was on fire last week too. I heard that yeah. Was on fire last week too. Then, okay, so you, based on your professional opinion, what do you think would be the best way for us to deal with it? I mean, they have different ways. The problem is with, with solid waste management all over the world is there's always some type of, I mean, let's call it as it is, there's always some level of corruption involved because people are always going to create garbage and once you create, uh, you add a monetary value to the collection of garbage, they're also go- always going to be personal interests and because of those personal interests, you'll have people who are trying to milk the system to enrich themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing that has to be done, anything that happens to the landfill has to be through public oversight. So they, has, they have to be audited. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to provide their financial reports. Everything has to be transparent so that we know that there's no influence, whether politically or personally, there's no corruption going on. So everything is public. Uh, what I'm going to say now, people are not going to agree with me, but there has to be a garbage tax implemented on St. Martin. So there has to be a tax which you oh I lose a headphone. Yeah, we lose a little hmm. bit of sound. Now you still coming. So you could keep that. They yeah. they they have to have a tax that you can implement that will go towards the management of solid waste. 
Um, the garbage has to be managed. And then from there, how it's managed after that, that's a big question. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about the waste to energy plant. That now seems to be off the table, um, but that would have been a decent solution. Why, why um, that's off the table? Because again, too many personal interests were involved <laughs> and, and, you know, politics was involved and government changed and this and that. But I mean, it is a solution that's applied all, all over the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at Singapore, for example, they, they do an excellent job in managing the solid waste issues and it, and it powers uh, the whole city of Singapore, which, you know, is a quite substantial city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there are different things and when I was doing my master's degree here there's a place called uh, no I forget because it's been a long day Volker uh, <laughs> Mail Polder, Polder uh, which used to be a dump same thing in the middle of a wetland just like St. Martin is in the, in the middle of the Great Salt Pond and they actually capped it over with a special type of grass that caused it to, to the garbage to decompose and now it's a grassy area where people walk around with their dogs and stuff like that and their playground. So there are different oh, options. The thing is, like, our people in St. Martin, they just have to be open to new ideas, realize that things have to be public and that that uh, things have to be transparent, have to be no backroom dealings, no personal interest, and that there are options available globally and just, you know, invite people to come over, come up with a plan, be straight with them, and, uh, you know, let's finally solve an issue that is you know, been going on for decades and decades that, that affects the environment, affects the population and affects our economy. I mean, come on, man. You have a dump in the middle of our capital, in the middle of the great salt pond, you know, that is part of our cultural heritage. So hmm. That's a very weird place to... Yeah. I know, right? But, so but, where, know. but that's the thing, where else they would put it? That was, it that used was to be Back Bay or something. Yeah, it used like to be that. Back Bay and Point Blanche. Yeah. It used to be Back Bay and Point Blanche. It's but a then little it, more out of the way. Yeah. But then why move it? That's, that would be my next question. Well, I think they moved it because the population when when we had like the tourism boom in the seventies and eighties, that area does get too small, and I think some a lot of it is also private property. Mm -hmm. uh, so they went to public land, which they had to do to filling up the salt pond, I guess, and that's what they uh, they you know set aside as but as the dump. Question though, in regards to the waste management, do you feel it's better if you privatize it or if it's still handled through government? I mean, I believe it, it, it should be privatized. Um, and when the contract is awarded to the entity that, that uh, is going to handle it, it should be done on the basis of a terms of reference that is very clear. So it shouldn't be as if, okay, use my partner. Um, you have a couple of garbage trucks and a few security guards to put up at the dump. Let's give you a multi-million dollar contract, which you only spend about, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of. Uh, and the rest you keep, and then you're the one who handling the, 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 the garbage. I mean, you always get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So you really should get a company that is specialized in waste management and use that company to, uh, to, to manage your waste. I mean, I remember before Irma, a new contract was awarded, and, and in Colby, where I live, fellas were coming up to pick up the garbage in pickup trucks. I mean, like, what the hell is this that's going on here? Hmm. You need a garbage truck that's a... As you know, specialized equipment for doing these type of things. So I mean, that type of professionalization and and ensuring that the bases are covered, and you know, has to happen. It has to go a long way. We can only do that with public oversight, with with being as transparent about things as possible. Do you, you think? Know? Do you think with with in regards to that, should it be an outside company, or you think somebody from St. Martin should come up develop it, or somebody who studied it, or something? like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, f first of all, that's a good point. I mean. Waste management is actually a master's degree on uh, on a on a waste-scapulic level mm -hmm. that has to be studied. And I, I'm not so sure anybody, any students that are up and coming and want to have a good impact and, and have a decent job, I suggest you go study waste management because that's something that still has to be done. Whether or not it should be a St. Martin company or an outside company, of course, the focus should always be in keeping the funds inside mm -hmm. of the country and, and, and employing a local company. But the local company has to be able to deliver but on the goods. That, but that's exactly why yeah. I raised that question because my whole thing is based on the history of how it's been treated, maybe yeah. it may be somebody from the outside should come and, and government make some kind of deal like, okay, cool. You're going to come handle it, but at least like, let's say 50% of your workforce have, have to, to be, be locals, locals yeah, in yeah. order to 
So when yeah. you leave, you have somebody else on the island that's capable, yeah. capable of running, running it. You yeah. have some kind of workshop, something at least exactly. to go along to, to build the capacity. You. Yeah, and that's one of my trouble <clears throat> with with a lot of the world. Well, not a lot. I mean, some of them have been doing it, but a lot of the World Bank projects that are ongoing on St. Martin or after the hurricane, I have the feeling as if these fellas come in, they say this and this and this and this, and then they get a high, you know, high salary for consultancy, and then they roll again without leaving the capacity for our people to be able to tackle our own issues. Yep. And you know, I mean, that's one of the things that that is critical. I mean, St. Martin people are a smart people. The industrious. Look how we pick back ourselves up after the hurricane. And once you leave the capacity to the people to be able to do their things, once you involve younger people who don't have the tendency to to do this nepotism and vrinches politique and and this mm. partner partner thing, but actually want to make a difference, that's when St. Martin finally is going to 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 reach the level where it should reach. Yeah, but it's to get those young ones that ain't corruptible by the older ones, because then the system will continue. Yeah, well, that's mm. the thing. That's the thing. I mean, you really need some open-minded, free-thinking, you know, confident people out there that are not easily influenced by the powers that be. Because that that's something else I've been trying to say on this podcast for a while, is that not all, like, we, Martin, as St. Martiners, need to start thinking together and stop depending on government to do things. Because if that's the case, we're never going to get anywhere. I mean, and we can do it. We can do it. Look like what look what we did after Irma. I mean, I can, I can remember after the, the worst of the wins was finished, I woke up in the well because I had passed out. Nobody don't blame nobody don't blame you. Once I know everybody was safe, I passed out. But so when I woke up after the worst wins was finished, I went outside and I remember turning to Michelle and I was like, "You know, actually, it's not that bad. I expect him to be completely leveled. I mean, it was bad, but it was not that bad. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the first three weeks, four weeks after the hurricane, it was complete craziness. But by December, to see how far we had gotten with you know, people coming together as a community and as a neighborhood, helping each other out, putting back on each other roofs despite insurance companies messing people up. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, putting out on Facebook, okay, you can have a... I remember eating my first ice cream uh, after the hurricane together with, with mommy and our cousin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a community coming together and, and helping each other out, build up and not depending on government for anything. And that's something that, that we should continue on the other hand, I do believe government should take the responsibility and, and do the things that they have to do. Obviously, for sure. But I mean, if yeah. again, looking at the track record. Yeah. Like, the, it, like there's small like there's small things that the community can do. But we when don't it need comes to, to larger projects that when yeah, there's like money the involved, support. then the government needs to. And again, like I was. Then the people need to then yeah, the people force know. the government yeah. to do it then. But that's the thing. Again, shout out to Stephanie Carty and, and the whole Green, Bro- Green Box project they was doing. Um, there was after Irma they put a whole bunch of recycling things by like um schools and stuff like that. So the the schools at least could start separating the trash and stuff like that, and, and little things like that going to go far away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you're talking about a public private partnership. I mean, that's something that that has to be implemented more on Saint Martin. And you know, you have like Stephanie and those guys. They did a great job, but th- these things have to be rep- replicated throughout yep. the community. Yep. Businesses need to. I mean, everything is fine. I mean, like I can't wait for Carnival to happen, 50th anniversary. And, you know, having a big show show up and all the corporate sponsors of those big shows. But, you know what I mean? For a small foundation like mine, not to say that that I'm jealous or anything, but if I want $2,000 to do a mangrove restoration project or an education program in schools for kids, the amount of sweat that I have to do to be able to, to, to get those type of private funding to support our work, you know, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it's a little bit disheartening because... I mean, okay, a one-time show, it's fun for the for the evening and, you know, it's fine. But, I mean, there are wider things that have to happen on the island that have to, you know, that, that, that have to do with, with making our country and our people better. All of that, more, okay, cool, 50 carnival, I mean, more trash, more garbage. Yeah, that's another thing. Dude. More, that's, more people, I mean, all like, that got to be like, handled, more cruise I mean, ships, more planes. The first, I mean, I know I'm going to get backlash, but, I mean, SCDF, please do a little bit better and try to make carnival a little more green. Every time after Carnival, we have to clean up so much trash from in the beaches, from mm. the Great Salt Pond, from from everywhere there's a party. I mean, just try and, and get things a little more biodegradable. Um, request the vendors in the village to have biodegradable products available. Uh, the cups are available on the island. Use biodegradable straws. And please, folks, that balloon jump up is just not something that should happen. I mean, balloons are one you know the number one killer of marine wildlife. Do they still do that on Aruba? 
I'm not even sure anymore. I'm not so sure. I mean, it wasn't a big thing in St. Martin until like five years ago. So I don't know why people up in arms about it. And there, there, there are alternatives to balloon that you can use. I understand kids are using it, and I understand it's it's fun for the kids. But you know, I mean, come on, there are alternatives that you can use, and and I show you at least be a sustainable member of of our society. I show the kids ain't gonna miss that much if you don't have a balloon. Of course, it's a. I mean, I, it's a I, I, don't remember it's it. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's not it's not that that big of a deal. It's a balloon, but, man. To kind of switch gears, I had something I was thinking to ask you, like, how do you feel about ecotourism? And if that were to be implemented more on Saman, what are some ways that you feel that it could be implemented I mean, more on Saman? Definitely. I mean, not only not only should it be implemented on St. Martin, it has to be. Because the current trend on, on the way tourism is developing, more and more tourists want to have more of a, a ecotourism experience. Uh, even the cruise tourists, which are not known to be very eco-minded, they also want to have more of a tour- eco-tourism experience. Um, and you know, on the other hand, you know, these type of tourists that want to focus on eco-centric experiences on the island also have more money to spend on these type of things because they're usually younger, they have more disposable income, they're more conscious. So, I mean, it's so- something definitely that should be that should be built out. There are a few things on the island that are happening. I mean, the dive tourism is, of course, ecotourism because divers come to dive in the marine park and, and they contribute to the island like that. Um, you know, there are some issues with it, uh, but we have Rainforest Adventures, which labels itself as an ecotourism uh, adventure, although some of the things I, I still have my questions about, but at least it's a move in the right direction. Um, there are other things that are happening, such as Pelican Peak, Sea to Sky Ventures, that are also trying to do eco eco-focused tours so i mean that's something definitely that should be that should be built out trisport for example is a great is a great uh, uh example of of ecotourism on the island i mean they do the hike to the natural pool in guanabe uh they do kayaking tours in the lagoon i mean they they really are, are a company that uh, that get it and and that model should be replicated on the island i mean ecotourism is the way to go if you go to islands uh in the region the bvi have a big ecotourism and dominica for example they got trash with maria and now they're getting they in their recovery. They're recovering, focusing on ecotourism, and it's a smart thing to do. Mm. It's a smart thing to do because I mean these guys have more those these ecotourists, quote unquote, have more disposable income than you know the redneck American that takes uh, a cruise <laughs> ship, uh, a three day cruise from Puerto Rico, and then flies back to uh, uh, to Georgia or wherever they come from. That but is, is there though. anything that's like a new form of ecotourism that you think that? isn't yet implemented aside from like snorkeling dives, hikes and stuff like that, bike trails or something like that, that Why? could still be implemented. I mean, that these things are, I mean, they, I mean, we have to be open when I mean, we, I mean, the people of St. Martin and government have to be open to these type of innovations. I mean, things continuously, new things come up. Uh, I mean, some of them have are questionable. I mean, I got a request once for camel toes on St. Martin. I was like, what? Camel toes? Yeah, like camel, not toe, not camel toes. No, not no, but like toe, camel toes. <laughs> <Although I don't laughs> <laughs> but I mean, who who even had the inclination to think that they I had camels know. on St. Martin? I, they were going to bring them in. That's, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Really but All I mean, right. they, they, they should be open to these things, like to... Uh, and and people should also like whale watching for example mm. every year between january and april we have humpback whales that migrate through our waters and a lot of people don't realize that we actually like when we go out there and we do the research and and the monitoring uh every day we have you know either sightings of of whales and dolphins or we can hear them sing or somebody has been reporting that they've been seeing them and this is something that really should be expanded upon i mean there are way you know there are examples out there from Dominica and Guadeloupe of whale and dolphin watching tours that that are quite successful and the people are willing to pay good money to be able to see a whale instead of these talks that happen all the time about dolphin you know those dolphin do- parks, dolphin 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 parks and dolphin aquariums and things like that which again is an issue on St Martin that has been coming up lately I see last year they were trying to um bring up one again you last year or the year before they wanted to bring, they, yeah. they, they tried to bring that's, back that's a That's a very antiquated thing to do. Like, I know, it's, man. It's like, 20 everybody hates 19. Like, exactly. The cove happened and then, you know, I mean, <laughs> people are, people are aware and death in SeaWorld and all those things <laughs> happening. I mean, SeaWorld is losing revenue. Dolphin parks are closing all over the world. And in St. Martin, they're still having discussions about opening a swim in the dolphin program. I mean, like, what the hell, guys? I mean, you know, dolphin watching tours is much better. You, you know, you 
put tourists on a boat, you charge them premium, premium money, you feed them alcohol from the beginning. If they don't see a whale or a dolphin, they don't care because they're blind drunk by the time you drop them back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? That's a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, I'm always hopeful. You know, I might complain and I might, you know, talk trash, but I'm always hopeful that, that we are moving. I mean, sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back, but at least we're going forward but step by step. The, the problems have to be brought across. Yeah, they have if, to be. If you don't know things, it there. A lot of things, I feel like it's just the old guard, like holding on to whatever there is left. Yeah, change has to come. Change has to come. I mean, there's new blood in parliament. Uh, I hope there's newer blood in parliament whenever we have the next elections, which I hope is a full term. And yeah, not, let's hope not it's not me, soon. Not <laughs> next month or within the next six months or a year. So, um, yeah, I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful. I mean, St. Martin still, I mean, I travel widely. I uh, been you know for work and and personal travel. I've been many many places, and St. Martin is still one of the most unique places that I've ever been. And I must say, shout out to to Ari Kock in Aruba because that place is nice too. Yeah, man. Man. yeah, that place is I nice. That place. Yeah, that place is nice. But and just for the thing on time, yeah. we kind of got to start wrapping up. But um, something's too tat sweet as one. Well, I just want to try to tell people to like um, fellas, help me out. At the end of the show, at the oh, PSA. yeah, yeah, for like places where people could go and um volunteer to to and stuff like that. To the community organization. Yeah, man. Name community name work. some name some places there quick that people should go and check out. Nature Foundation. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So well, if you're interested in in helping us out and volunteering, we have a volunteer list, whether it's for a beach cleanup or for mangrove planting. If you're a diver for some of our diving work, don't hesitate. Uh, just send us a message on Facebook. I promise that we will answer, even if it's not for the next two weeks. Um, <laughs> but we will answer eventually for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of good organizations on St. Martin. Uh, Epic Environmental Protection in the Caribbean. I got to give a shout out and, and promote to because they're doing great work. Um, Be the Change uh, is also doing great work. Whenever is SXM Dut. Uh, we really like to encourage the community to take part in those community projects for SXM do so that's really something that they should be doing and uh, you know I'm, I'm, you put me on a spot so I can't <laughs> come up with but yeah I mean those I mean people know those those organizations that are on St. Martin and they do need the help I mean a lot of these things Animal Defenders is also a great one if you like working with with, dog, with stray dogs and cats mm. uh, I mean these are organizations that you know, have passionate people, but that also need the help with manpower and, mm -hmm. and, and support from the community. So I don't get, I don't get a proper list from you. Yeah, so man. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Sure. If you need further motivation, I don't know why you would need, but if you need further motivation, like all this you're doing now when you're younger, you could use this as a sort, as a placard, whatever, to go when you go to like, yeah, for, for those, yeah, for those who are going to Yeah, yeah. And we do that often. We do that often when we have you know students that are either in, still in high school or are going away uh, to college we write recommendation letters whenever they, they do some type of voluntary activity with us or an internship which we're also looking for we, we just had two uh, two locals um, get an internship internship with us which is very exciting for our marketing program so yeah I mean if you need help if you need help with a, a project or looking for an internship in, in the field that we're operating in just don't hesitate. That's what we're there for. Okay. You got any other um, projects that you want people to look out for or anything else you want to plug? Yeah, just uh, keep an eye out. I'm going to the Maldives for the next two weeks on a, on a shark expedition as well. So if people want to follow how that's going on, you can link me up on the gram. And uh, yeah, keep <laughs> it positive. And for, for those that live in Holland, know. my condolences about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, for those that don't know, what's your, what's your Instagram? Just Tatsio Bedwood's my first name and last name together. Okay, then. <coughs> we, could, we could drop we'll down the description. find that on the yeah. description below on YouTube. Yeah, and fellas, are you, are you plug, plug time? Again, it's one of those things that I got something to plug, but it's happening today, so by the time this comes <laughs> out. <laughs> so, um, we got to go into the future. So, um, the next party is coming out on the 25th of January in mm. Club Panama. Panama. It's called El Barrio. It's a Caribbean slash Latin Caribbean party. And with Caribbean, you're going to hear like soca dancehall and that yeah. looker. And on the other side, then you have like Latin Caribbean music. So, Bachata Mininga Sasa, you know. Did last invite. And yes. King? Yes, yes. Um, the only thing I got to plug is new songs that have been out. That is Tree Conscious or Hydro 
from the Tree Conscious Cats and Criminal, which is me, Mr. King, and Dollar G. Those are the two latest songs. So, yeah, go stream those. They're on all streaming platforms available, Tidal, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is that you use. What's your preference? So, yeah, go stream those. And that's about it. Yeah, so, like always, I ain't got nothing else to plug. But, um, like I was telling like I was telling y'all, every episode, go out, do those who in St. Martin at least, go out and give back to your community whether it's volunteer work or helping out somebody else with a project of theirs that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you. We need to start give, cooperating with each other and start fighting each other because we got all know government ain't going to help us for shit. So um, there's something else. Oh, and also we on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. You can find us on Apple uh, Podcast as well. I, I don't know music, but it's specifically it's Apple, Apple Podcast. Thing, yeah. Oh, it's a new thing now? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I so, don't know. It's not, I don't know about new, but Apple. yeah. So it's, you can find us on all on Spotify and Apple um, Podcast as well. We also on other channels that I don't necessarily know right now. But anything <laughs> that you could find podcast on, you most probably going to find us. So yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, last thing, just want to say, you know, thank Tats for coming. Yes, yes, appreciate this interview. Thank you for having me. I mean, it was a long time coming, I guess. We, yeah, we yeah, tried yeah. it before. <laughs> we tried it up, but we hopefully, next time you come through, you know, we could get a little longer conversation. Yeah, man. Maybe on the way back. Maybe but yeah, we'll we, we see. We'll see. We'll check that. All so, right. with that said, yes, yes. We'll see you the next time we link up. Bless, yeah, man.